Hey, it's Benny, and I like to uh, speak on guidance a little bit. Um, so we all need guidance, whether that be for college, for life in general, for our future, whatever that may be. Um, this is straight from memory, but Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 come to mind when I talk about guidance uh, and leaning on God. But it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That just shows that when you give everything to God, when you realize it's not about you, it's about God, it's about the one who created you. It's all about you. It's not about you, it's about God. And so when you put God ahead of you, um, God is going to make something happen, Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It's kind of hard to to stop worrying. It is because you want to you want to know how God is going to um, you want to know how God is going to work. Um, and of course, you want to know how God is going to work, but you just got to trust him. You truly have to trust him and lean not on your own understanding. Because why? Your heart is deceitful. Right? Your heart is deceitful. Um, so you, you some people say, follow your heart. Your heart is deceitful. So you got to follow God. You got to trust God. So I'm in this rut with college. Like, God, where do you want me to go? Where can I go to follow you the best I can and to help other people follow Jesus? That is my church um, slogan, I guess you could say. Helping people follow Jesus. And I want to do that. I want to do that. So I'm like, God, where, where are you leading me to? I got many options. I could go to Liberty in Virginia. I could go to Belmont in Tennessee. I could go to Bethel University in Minnesota. I could go to Gordon College in Massachusetts. I live in New Hampshire, so Gordon is really appealing because of how close it is. But also, I would love to go out and do something else. Um, I might be called to sports ministry and like sports outreach. And so Belmont, Tennessee, um, Covenant College in Georgia and Liberty in Virginia are pretty solid sports management, sports ministry colleges or universities. And I think that would be awesome for me. And so I'm just, I just got to go to God and like practice what I preach with that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And like I was talking about before, you want to know how. You want to know how it's going to happen. And that brings me to when um, when my youth pastor was preaching from Luke chapter 1, um, John's birth announced to Zacharias. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, his wife uh, was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So, of course, they were older. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. 
And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and felt, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a uh, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, "How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years." And that's probably what everyone was thinking. How are you going to do this, God? I am older. How are you going to do this? How do I know this? And so Zacharias was kind of doubting God. And that also reminds me of when Moses was doubting God. Um, I can, I'll can i go back to that at the end. i got to find it. But I'll just continue reading this. Um, yeah, he's, he's doubting God. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these gl- uh, glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days... His wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on to me, to take away my reproach among people. And then this, uh, same, same in Luke 1, uh, Christ's birth announced to Mary. Now in, the sixth, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you, are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Don't, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive... In your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that the holy one who is to be born with will be called the son of god now indeed elizabeth your son, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with god nothing will be impossible then mary said behold the maid servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her okay so if I'm not mistaken, Mary was really young. She was maybe 
12, 13, 14, I believe. And so in the in the law was that um, if you were caught in adultery, you would be stoned. And that reminds me of John chapter 8, um, where the Pharisees brought Jesus, uh, a woman who was caught in adultery. And they were like, the law of Moses says that such should be stoned. And Jesus says, all right, well, I know that you have sinned and fallen short. So he who is without sin can cast the first stone. And so they all backed up and they're like, oh, we sinned. We cannot cast the first stone. And so um, it really reminds me of that. Uh, And Mary was a little bit doubting, doubting her. Are doubting God. Uh, it says, how can this be since I do not know a man? But that's just because she was young and she didn't know. Uh, she didn't know how God was going to give her a son if she didn't have a man. And so then the angel was like, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. But let's just remember that she was 12, maybe 13, 14. I'm not sure exactly how old she was. But if she was pregnant and she got caught uh, in adultery, they'd be like, well, how are you pregnant? You're so young. And she's like, oh, an angel appeared to me, an angel named Gabriel. And he told me that uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon me. They'll be like, "Uh, okay, here's a stone. I'll stone you. They're not going to trust her. So Mary deserves a little bit of props because... She did birth Jesus through the Holy Spirit, all right? Um, And I think that's really cool that God used Mary, and she was young. So I think it was really cool. But uh, let's take a look at Exodus, like I was talking about before. Um, um, Let's see. Trying to find it. She's like Exodus 4. Okay, Exodus 4. Miraculous signs for Pharaoh. uh, Exodus 4. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. Then he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. So yes, he he obeyed God, did exactly what God said to do. Um, and that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and the, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. 
Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither, bef neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So he's like, I can't really talk well. Uh, I just can't really talk well. So he's doubting God again. So the Lord said to him, who has, made who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O Lord, O, o my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. And then it says, uh, so the anger, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, "Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So we shall be your spokesman to the people." And he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand, which, with which you shall do the signs. Moses was really doubting God. And then, as you read in Exodus, uh, I have to keep reading. But I'm pretty sure that when uh, Moses gives it to God, when he trusts God more, it all falls into line. Like when Moses throws down his rod as God tells him to, it becomes a serpent. And then he flees from it a little bit. He's scared. And then Moses, uh, or God tells Moses to pick it up again, and he picks it up. It becomes a rod again. All right, what does that mean? Well, God is so powerful. He's showing Moses the signs. And God may, God may show me signs for college. God may show you signs for college or for later in life. We got to trust in his timing. We got to truly trust in his timing. We don't know exactly what we're here for. We will, maybe later in life, maybe now. God's going to show us what he wants us to do. He has a plan for us. Um, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, I believe. Or 31, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Let's take a look at the New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Oh, well. I don't understand it. Why is the New Living Translation a little bit different than the New King James Version? Why are they all so different? Why why are the words a little bit different? Well, you see, there's the Greek translation and the, uh, what is it? I totally forget what it is. Um, but it's the same way in Spanish, okay? Um, my youth pastor told me before that, it's sometimes just a little bit different in translation, okay? And so the NLT version, uh, I don't have the words right now. The NLT version is, my mom is being so loud right now. Uh, but the NLT version 
it's just a little bit different, and it's a little easier for younger people to understand the NLT version. Um, but with the uh, new uh, New King James version, it's a little bit different because it's a little. It may be a different translation, but that doesn't mean the NLT is wrong. That that doesn't mean that the New King James version is wrong. It's just a little bit different. Same thing with all the uh, translations. Like when you translate some uh, some foreign language to another foreign language, it's going to be a little bit different because there's so many different translations. Like Spanish, there's so many different translations. And grammar. So it's going to be a little bit different each time. Um, that's a little, little bit of some stuff. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, but really... I think that we all need to just trust God in this moment. Um, we need God. And racism has come up in my school. Um, and we see it today that racism, it's this awful thing, right? Racism is terrible. We know this. I don't, I don't understand why people are racist. All I know is that it's evil. And I've been thinking that... Um, if I live, uh, I go to Bedford High School, and so if Bedford High School was 100% Christian, every single person was a Christ follower, desiring the heart of God, there would be no racism at all, because we would see that every single person was created by God, and so why would we ever think about being racist? Why would we ever think about um, being mean to someone if we knew that they were created by God for God or uh, to glorify God and they were created for a purpose so why would we ever be mean to them I don't understand why we would be mean to them and it's not necessarily logical for a public school to be all Christian because people have the free will to believe what they want people have the People believe in different religions. People have the free will, like I said, to believe what they want. But you know how much better it would be if Bedford High School was actually a Christian school and every single person was a, a Christ follower? Um, it just seems like it'd be so much better. Because love, God gives us some verses all about love. And if we're desiring the heart of God, then we really, wow. Um, let me just say this. John chapter 3, uh, verse 15 and 16 and 17. Uh, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the, the, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, and so would you do this? Would you sacrifice yourself for another person? A lot of people wouldn't. In the gospel, in literally the shortest terms, is that we fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. We fall short, but God demonstrates his love for us by sending his son to die for us on the cross. That whoever believes in him and trusts in him will have eternal life. And you have the free will to do as you please. 
But at the end of the day, you go against what God says. You would go against the Ten Commandments, so you're guilty. And if you look at it, if you look at all the debt you've racked up, it's the same way with um, with if you go to a court and you have so many speeding fines uh, tacked up. And someone pays those fines. What happens? You get to walk free. Even though you're guilty of the speeding fine, someone someone uh someone pays them. You get to walk out. Same thing with God. You went against him. You have this huge debt because it says that um the wages of sin is death. And so you have this huge bill. But Jesus paid the price on the cross. Okay? Are you gonna keep looking back at your bill? Or are you gonna live for God? Are you gonna keep looking back at your sin? Or are you gonna follow God to the best of your ability? Are you going to deny yourself? Or are you going to keep living in sin? Because we can't overcome sin. We have to overcome it with God. We don't have the power over sin to overcome it. It's all about God. Because mm, I got a verse. I got a verse. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, verses 4 to 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's huge. But I'm going to go into prayer right now for... For, for just this podcast and everyone else. So, Lord God, thank you for this day. And thank you for giving me more breath. Uh, and just thank you for everyone else watching this, that, that they continue to breathe day in and day out. Because if we are still alive, Lord, you're not done with us. And I just pray for for peace and guidance over us. Uh, truly, you are the, the Prince of Peace, Lord. So I pray that you give us peace. And guidance. We need guidance. We all need guidance. We may think we have it together, but we don't. We need you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's what we need to do. I pray for this over all of us. I pray for peace and healing over all of us. And I pray for motivation to continue doing schoolwork, to continue doing uh college, scholarship, whatever we're doing. I pray for that we do this in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you just give us the heart that you have. And I pray that everyone knows that they are not too far gone. That God loves them. They tr- That God truly loves them. It doesn't matter what you've done. No sin is too great for God. No sin is too great for God. And I'd just like to read a verse from Ezekiel chapter 26. Um... Or Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. I pray this over everyone that... uh, you just you just bring us a new spirit, Lord, and you give us um, peace, and you just change our hearts, because we are broken. Our hearts are broken, 
And I pray that you mend our hearts together. You mend us together. And like my boy Philip says, that when we ask you to mend, Lord, you will mend us together. And I just pray that we know that when we go through deep waters, Lord, you are still with us, like it says in Isaiah 43, verse 2. And I pray that that you are with us when you do mend us. Because my boy Philip says that when we... um. When, when you mend us, God, it's going to hurt a little bit. When he's shaping us and mending us, it's going to hurt a little bit. He mentions how when you go to a chiropractor, when he mends the bones, or when the, when the chiropractor mends the bones, mends it all together, it's going to hurt. So same thing with God. When he's mending you and shaping you, he's gonna. it's going to hurt a little bit. It is going to hurt a little bit. But that doesn't mean God isn't there with you. He's building you up. He's building you up. And I also pray that it is known with James chapter 1, uh, verses 2 to 5. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you go through various trials. When you go through life, God is with you. But you should also count it as a blessing because God is with you. God tests your patience. God tests your faith. And when that happens, it, it produces endurance. And endurance is good, right? Endurance is good. You know why? Because when you're trying to run a race, you need endurance. You need muscular endurance. So you're going to have to train, okay? And so if you're just running like 10, 10 minutes a day, you're not going to do too good. you got to run the race. The journey of Christ is a race as well. And as I point out more things all about life, it just reminds me of how all of this life is in the Bible, okay? All of this is about life. All of this is about, about the Bible. And so... I just pray that I give you the glory of God. I don't give any glory to myself as well. I cannot speak. I suck at speaking. Um, when I'm talking to people, I'm pretty bad at speaking. Like, I don't really, I just stumble at, at a bunch of words. So I just pray that you speak through me um, anytime I come on this podcast and I speak. I just pray that I give the glory to you. Um, I don't want to fall into that place where I, where I'm forgetting that the work I'm doing for you is, is really about you. Uh, like it says with, um, Oh God, Forgive Us by King and Country. Let me pull up the lyric. Um, uh, okay, okay, let me find it. Okay, stop. Um, it says, It says that uh, we were too busy doing your work, and I forgot, and we forgot that this was for you. So busy doing your work that we forgot that this, that this was for you. Arms wide to our homeless savior, but arms crossed to our homeless neighbor. That's wow. And I just pray that you show us your love again and again and again, day in and day out, Lord. Thank you for what you've done for in our lives, and thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for us. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Thank you.